Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum everyone, this is your host Hamad. Uh, joined again by my co-host Ahsan and Nurul. Assalamualaikum. Alright guys, so I just want to follow up uh, our last episode, our first episode. Uh, so we kind of just talked about a lot of random things. We're a bit all over the place, but you know, that's kind of, you know, what our goal was, right? Not to keep it, to keep it kind of like just a conversation that we're having that we'd normally have anyway, and just invite everyone else to, to listen along. Um, I think one thing, just reflecting on like what we talked about last time, some of the things, some of the things we might have missed, um, is just talking about I guess who we are and what our vision is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's pretty. Which is, which is a great it's first podcast topic, <laughs> but that's yeah, fine. Better late than never. But I guess we can just add a little bit more context. So, first of all, just like who we are in a sense. I mean, I think you guys heard a lot from me from last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just want to capture in the sense that like. You know, everyone, I think each of us has our own personality and strength, and, you know, we always, we talked about temperaments last time, but Did also, we talk about temperaments I don't think time? we went into temperaments. We talked a little bit about it. Trust yeah. me, I listened to that episode so many that times. Also, the Maru website. <laughs> um, oh, we did. Yeah, there's an article on the Maru, Maru yeah. website um, explaining the temperaments, if you'd like to consider that. Yeah. Um, but basically, you know, generally speaking, Asan, what are you doing with your life? And then we'll go to Noro, and then we'll come to me, and then we'll talk about, I guess, oh, more man. about the I hate talking about what I'm doing in my life. <laughs> so I'm the youngest in the group. Do I, do I tell my age? Well, I mean, we talked about how you were 18 last time. Yeah, okay, really so now I'm 19. Mashallah. He's an adult. <laughs> um, and I'm studying applied maths and political science as an undergrad. Good. Yeah, mashallah. Oh, man. I, I really hate talking about myself. But, um, so I'm like, I'm everybody, even though I already like said salam to you, but what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so I'm an undergraduate currently. Um, in my final year, and I studied uh, civil engineering and biochemistry in undergrad. Right, and uh, I'm a third-year dental student, um, obviously, obviously studying dentistry, and uh, my undergrad major was public health. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'm technically the oldest. So do they teach Miss Walks in dental school? <laughs> <laughs> that was honestly something I was thinking about. It was like going into dental school, I was like, oh, a research topic I'm super interested in is like Miss Walk versus like, you know, <laughs> contemporary toothbrushes and yeah. those things. Um, sure, someone did some research in that already. Yeah, I looked it up. There was like you know some like it didn't seem too like uh, oh okay, you know, I know what you mean rigorous or all that. Right. I don't um, know how I'd pitch that. Like you know, just talking to my faculty, be like, hey, there's this like uh, you know tooth stick, traditional yeah, tooth stick, tooth like, stick. Like, like, yeah, like, like <laughs> <laughs> they feel like what? Yeah, right. No, it is fascinating though. I think it's something I still would be interested in. But yeah, um, like we were talking about, I went through that phase where. I got super into miswalk and then ended up with like receding gum recession. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, make sure you guys. How you know, hard did you have to be like using? Bro, it? I was going so hard. Yeah. Ham. I was, I, I was going ham. Were you, 100%. Did you ever bleed at any point when you were doing it and like thought of your stuff to like stop? Here's the thing, like at, when you have like inflamed gums uh-huh. and those things, like uh, your gums are gonna bleed because you know there's a disease, disease process happening in your body. Yeah. Um, there's inflammation. So I was just like, you know, when you floss sometimes and you haven't been flossing and your gums bleed, yeah. you know, it's because there's inflammation. Floss and then I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. I, it should be bleeding because, you yeah. know, now I'm taking care of myself. Right. right. But, yeah, it's more about, like, if you, I guess it's a PSA now about toothbrushing to everyone <laughs> out there. But if you brush, make sure your toothbrush has, like, soft bristles. That's what, like, any dentist will tell you. Um, so is the average toothbrush <laughs> have soft bristles or? I think most do. I don't honestly know why they What produce, toothbrush like, do you use? So they gave us like a like free two hundred dollar toothbrush. It has oh, like wow. it has like Bluetooth. The dental school. <laughs> Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah. 
I so don't you, know. you can listen to music? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a. Uh, oh, it, like, it connects to an app on your phone, which gotcha. tells you like which quadrants of the mouth you brush. You remember? No, there <laughs> really? was a, there yeah. was an actual. Dude, that's so awesome. <laughs> there was an actual. I'm sorry, I'm so fascinated. Right. Right. I don't know. I remember from like ten years ago, there was like yeah. a commercial where like you brush your teeth while like you're hearing music. Do you remember this? No, I, I don't. I honestly forget. Oh, it never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that's next thing. I like do you know any? Do you know any dental students that have bad teeth? Bad teeth. Anyway. I see. Here's the thing. I feel not like, like crooked. I'm talking about bad like, oral hygiene. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, uh, can you tell when someone even, has bad oral hygiene just by like? Because I mean, you there's doctors that are unhealthy. But here's so, the like, thing. It's like, uh, I, I mean, generally, I would say no because I, I mean, for even me, this is my personal yeah. experience. I went to dental school. It's like you know, I was probably like the average person in terms of oral hygiene, meaning like you floss like occasionally, not really. Yeah. Like, it's above average. Right. She floss. <laughs> is that really above average? I think it's so. a normal thing. No. I used the floss picks back then, right? Like, yeah. the, you know. Okay. But, um, but is the actual floss way better than uh, using the picks? Honestly, like, I think, I think that, like, we learn it's better. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah. Honestly, personally. I'm, sure. Again, not an expert on, like, the, the, I haven't done a study on it. Maybe there's a study out there on it. But, yeah. you know, I think it's better that someone is at least doing the yeah. floss picks than nothing. An eye for the paper, um, this box, or toothbrush. Yeah, but I think I it depends on your technique also and, like, yeah. how you're doing it. Yeah. Um, it's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I'm guessing the technique that involves gum recession is not the one. <laughs> <Yeah. before. laughs> Basically, make sure like um, you know what you're doing when you do yeah. these things, right? It's so easy, I guess, with anything yeah. to just be like. You need really a teacher, even for Miss Walk. You need a teacher, even for Miss Walk. Yeah. You need a sanad. <laughs> oh, <but. laughs> oh my god! I mean, that that is actually a very valid point. As fascinating the conversation at the, right, <laughs> as fascinating or of a conversation of a conversation that oral hygiene is. We should steer it back to what we were originally talking about, though, um, yeah. was that. What like, you know, what is Maruf? Like, I th- I think that's a really important question that we should answer because, yeah. So I guess I'll talk about the origin of Maruf, um, in the sense of my first thought about it was, I was just realizing that. So again, like we talked about last time, we all started where everyone else starts, right? Where even those who are listening start and are, and we're all still there, like the average Muslim, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and we all like you know I grew up with. You know, same like we said, heritage Muslims, that kind of thing. Yeah. Average Muslim American trying to figure it out and make that balance. And I think at a certain point, just through my experiences of like trudging along, trying to keep maintaining this Muslim identity um, in as real of a way as I could, I realized that I was accessing certain things that uh, it was like a bubble, right, mm. of uh, like Islamic understanding that the average like person can't access because just I don't know, there's so many barriers to it or uh, whatever the issue might be. And I was realizing that the things I was able to access just because I had like waded the waters and kind of done the time of like watching this person, learning from this person, being like, wait a minute, I don't think that's reliable or, you know, kind of struggling through that and going through that own uh, internal struggle of, you know, who is someone reliable to learn from, like having basically building that, that, uh, that foundation that I felt confident in. Mm. So once I had that foundation that I felt confident in, um, you know, I wanted to c- convey that foundation to other people because getting to that foundation is kind of a it's, a, it's a, it's a tricky road, right? And I think a lot of people get lost along the way. Um, and again, I'm not saying that I was, you know, uh, perfectly right in how I got and where I am, but I felt like I was accessing something that a lot of people couldn't access and that I wanted to share with other people, right? So my original plan was, I'm just gonna make a Medium article, you know, use like a fake name, put a list of like all these resources that I benefited from, put it in a Medium article, 
and then have it out there and then maybe somebody will read it yeah. and if one person reads it it's like hey they at least benefited yeah. basically it's like what i would want to give myself if i were <laughs> in high school like what i wish i would have had as opposed to having to struggle and like trial and error trial and error it myself right. um be like hey this is it on a silver plate that got me to you know me feeling more fulfilled as in my most mm-hmm. identity um so that's like i feel like the point is or at least that's like how it started was to share that foundation and get people confident in their Muslim identity and that foundation um, in a way that was kind of tested and through my own experience and other people's experience around me. And uh, like Neural like put it once, which was uh, succinctly said, connect or normalizing the Islamic tradition, right? Yeah. Which I think right. is, you know, so I'm going to pose it to you guys. So one of my friends mentioned, you know, isn't Islam already normal for Muslims? Um, how would you respond to that? Um... That's actually a good, great question, and I don't think I've ever been asked that. But the thing is, Islam itself is normalized to Muslims, right? But the Islamic tradition, the broader Islamic tradition, is a different mm. paradigm and uh, talking point than just Islam in general. Um, I think there is a differentiation um, between like an average everyday Muslim, and I'm not saying this other group I'm about to talk about is not an average everyday Muslim, but there's an inte- intellectually informed Islam that has somebody who's a little bit more connected with deeper scholarly nuance about certain issues and topics and uh, you know the literature and history that goes into the broader Islamic tradition and I think that's a very you know large difference in the sense compared to the person who's just like hey I know I'm Muslim here are the things I know I have to do as as a Muslim and I'm gonna do those things and I feel Muslim but the that still is a separate thing from the larger conversation of the tradition absolutely I feel like my first big breakthrough with um, with what's like the Islamic tradition was when I was first introduced to that whole notion of like Hadith Gabriel and it was this whole idea that Islam could be understood in these three dimensions that there is this mind, body and soul, right? The, heart, the mind, body and heart um, and that's Iman, Ihsan and Islam and so I always felt Well, they're not, that's not the right like uh, I guess Oh, sorry, just... Islam, Iman, Ihsan Yeah yeah. Islam, Iman, yeah, Ihsan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What order did I say it in? I have no idea. I okay. think you said is, No, um, you said... Iman. It, you said Islam, Iman, Ihsan. That's the right way, though. All right, Sorry, so now, now, now we have right, to break yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. Now we have to break it down. Okay. Yeah. Basically, right. when you say uh, Iman, you're referring to the belief dimension. Right. Yeah. When you're saying Islam, you're referring to the... Uh, outward. Outward action Yeah, the nature dimension. of practice, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then right. when you're saying Ihsan, you're referring to the inward right, dimension. Right, the purification of the heart. So I felt like... My entire 17 years of being of being introduced to Islam was always ta- like I was only introduced to like this Islam perspective, and even that wasn't like fully like there, and I was never introduced to this this whole school of like aqidah and theology, and I never understood how to re- how should I really understand Allah, and I was never and no one ever taught me like there's this whole thing called the purification of the heart, and there's all these diseases that we have to take care of. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. That's actually so, huge, yeah. though, because uh, purification of the heart, Tezkiah, uh, for instance, um, that's really not talked about that often. Is mm-hmm. every khutbah, and that's usually a lot of people's exposure to like different teachings in Islam, right? As you're growing up, I I can count the amount of khutbahs that talked about Tezkiah, purification mm-hmm. of the heart, um, like on my fingers. Like it's really not like a very largely explored um, topic of like, hey, how to do it. Um, or like what it is in general. Mm-hmm. I think people kind of neglect to talk about it. Right. I also like talking about khutbahs. Yeah. I think I always like bef- 
when I was in high school, I always had certain issues when I heard khutbahs. I, rem- yeah. I remember, even till now, like, you hear a khutbah where someone will say that um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a thousand years before he created creation. Yeah. And, like, right, right there, there's, like, a contradiction. Like, wait, yeah. a thousand years before creation? Like, wait, there's no time, so how can there be a thousand years? Plus, yeah. like, <laughs> like, who gave this number and stuff? And, like, these are the things that I just thought face value, like, oh, this is a person of knowledge. And so this doesn't make sense, right. like, yeah. rationally. So do I just reject this or do I just keep with this emotional attachment but not, like, rationally feel like this is the truth? You know what I, I think mean? with the, the average everyday, like, I'm going to use the word Western Muslim or American Muslim, right, mm. is that if you, if uh, especially younger one, uh, Muslims uh, growing up here, is that if you sense, like, a, like a quote-unquote, like, plot hole or, like, a, like a, you know, like a fallacy in their argument or the thing they're presenting, like, they'll jump on that. and yeah. right. Trying to see I think for me, for me as out. a kid when that happened, I would always just really want to justify it. I would find every means I could have justified Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Like just confirmation. Yeah, but that's huge though, right? It's like, yeah. it depends on what your lens is. Because if you're a Muslim who's trying to reaffirm his identity, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Muslim who's like very unsure, has a lot of doubt, yeah. but still feels Muslim and wants to, mm-hmm. you know, wants to have absolute certainty that Islam is the truth, mm-hmm. then you'll look at it a very different way. So, so I, you, I think just to bring it back to what we were talking about, which is basically isn't Islam already normal for Muslims, right? So your main point was there's a distinction between, you know, Islam is a very catch-all broad term, um, and what is what is it that we think or, you know, that we're trying to say? So we're trying to say that the Islamic tradition, right, capturing the, the nuances and the, um, you know, the, the beauties of the Islamic tradition, uh, <laughs> sorry, Neural stomach growl, so... Yeah, <laughs> y'all. I hope that I didn't pick it up. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically capturing, like... It's not just uh, Islam in the sense of, oh, I'm Muslim, and that's enough for me, and now I can just be, like, content and complacent and not go anywhere. It's about an Islam of, hey, there's so much to learn and so much to grow with. Yeah. And so, you know, and these are things you should expose yourself to for your own betterment. Do and you mind if I take away from this point? Yeah. Um, so, you brought up uh, Hadith uh, Jibreel, right? Where you're talking about like what is Islam, right? Uh, how's the hadith called? Can you guys remind me real quick? That you want to say? No. I'm sure you have. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's sahabas that are um, sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. No, no, just the what is Islam oh. part. And I don't need the whole hadith. I remember. Wait, Islam is um, the five pillars, basically. Right, essentially. So exactly, that's my, that was my point. It was like, uh, is Islam like normal, right? So, I think. When you t- ask every the average everyday Muslim what is Islam, they break it down to the five pillars, and in the sense that's a correct answer. Like that's mm-hmm. not an incorrect answer to say like, oh, Islam is prayer, like fasting, uh, zakah, hajj, etc. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the question is like normalizing the Islamic tradition again. Like it's, for instance, uh, so I I, I kind of want to tie that in with a question that I've like I was thinking about, and I've sort of had in mind since the start of the, uh, the podcast episode mm-hmm. was that what do you think? is the barrier to the Islamic tradition or what do you think mm. is missing in the average day, everyday Muslim's understanding of you know what Islam is I have my answer to it but I'm just mm. kind of curious what is your perspectives you want to say your answer first okay yeah sure I, so um, what I have personally noticed especially in myself first and foremost was that I didn't understand what a real relationship with the Prophet was like so like, so like I didn't understand who this man was, how beautiful his character was, how he dealt with people. Um, and like you hear hadith from the Prophet Sallallahu and then the thing about hadith is that they can be fit to certain contexts 
depending on what you're talking about. And it's like the real nuance behind the hadith is sometimes not presented to you. And that's that's a huge thing. Um, because the thing is, the Prophet is like Allah. the most beautiful of creation. And his character is the most beautiful of humanity, right? right. And really understanding what that means, really understanding how this individual interacted with the society and created the society around mm-hmm. it around him you really have to delve deeper than what's presented to you in either like a sunday school context a khut, like a khutbah contest or you're even like cultural background that comes from your family right because a lot of people's like knowledge of islam is their family their cultural heritage and their local masjid but that is so much broader like like if you can think about like the small pixel and the larger picture uh, picture of the islamic tradition like you're the, what I, the three things I just mentioned is such a small part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Just to build off on what you said, um, personally, I never felt that I had a connection with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam until I was introduced yeah. to the Shamaya, right? Yeah. And this is me listening to Sira books, like reading Sira books and listening to lectures so and is, stuff like that. So what is Shamaya and what is the Sira? So the Shamaya... Yeah, that's actually okay. a really great question. Sure. So the Shamaya, and you, you guys, if you want to say it, you guys could say yeah. it. Um, the Shamail are the inner and outer characteristics of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam collected by Imam Tirmidhi so these are like the authentic not just him yeah oh, but so he, has the, he has the most popular book uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. so the one that I was introduced to was yeah. the, the Shamail of, of, uh, collected by Imam Tirmidhi and so these are the authentic narrations of the Prophet and how his inner and outer characteristics were yeah. and so my you heard from the last podcast how I, I mentioned Leslie Hazleton right yeah and so your curriculum yeah. <laughs> so basically, I that was my first like understanding of the seerah of the Prophet Sallallahu and so it's not even like a good understanding. But she's using the same. She's some, a lot of times she's using the same hadith. But I didn't have the correct lens of understanding the Prophet Sallallahu yeah, Alaihi which the Shamail gave me. And the and it was uh, Sheikh um, Walid Mossad mm-hmm. did the commentary mm-hmm. of the. Of the Shema, and it really helped me. So I think uh, a point we're getting to is uh, basically, like you said, that you mentioned the Hadith of Jibril, right? Mm-hmm. In that Hadith, Islam is mentioned as one component, right, of three or four, if you consider the signs of end of times, right? And that's kind of what we're exposed to, the Islam, meaning very literally the outward things that you have to do. Right. And I think Muslims are very well accustomed to that in the sense of, oh, it's Ramadan, we have to fast. It's like, we're all going to go and pray Tarawih prayers. We're all mm-hmm. going to do this communal thing. Okay, individually I have to do X, Y, Z. Maybe sometimes I don't do it, but like, this is my life as a Muslim. I go to Joma, and like, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's um, out. Everything's like the outside perspective. Yeah, right, right. It's a very, you know, it's a very, there's all our part of Islam, of the broader, you know, sense of the deen, which is, you know, deen meaning like our way, our path, way of life. Right. Um, uh, at least that's how I'm going to, you know, broadly summarize that but word yeah, yeah. so I was just going to say there's other dimensions to it yeah. right well yeah speaking of the other dimensions right if you kind of think about it like a triangle of like uh, Islam Ihsan and uh, Iman right which breaks down into Islam which is like Fiqh um, Ihsan which is Tazkiyah like I mentioned before and then Iman which is Aqidah um, a huge huge uh, I would say problem because I can't think of necessarily a better word but a lot of Muslims I encounter don't have a fundamental understanding of Aqidah, which is what we actually need to believe as Muslims right. to under to gain a deeper understanding of the Deen and what it actually is. Yeah, I think because mm-hmm. I think um, you know there are a lot of broad questions people have, yeah. and they're very important questions and important to address. But I think one very fundamental thing is 
just the framework with which like if you have to take any person right even someone who says you know i'm you know i'm open to anyone believing whatever they want to believe and they're just the most trying to be the most objective person uh the thing is even that person anybody has an under, underlying philosophy about the world right they have an underlying set of assumptions about what good and bad are that's informing them coming to a conclusion right so as, even if someone who wants to disconnect from all of that he can't escape the fact that he has a philosophy a philosophy about the world he yeah. has some things that he believes are good and bad you know uh and i think the point is first acknowledging that everyone has this framework for how to view the world right i think someone asked me <clears throat> about how they said that it was like a you know like a teenager he was saying his basketball coach uh basically told them that you know all religions you know are fine and valid and true and they all um interesting that it's a basketball coach i'm just i'm just i'm just that's, yeah, just, yeah, what, that's just who he was right yeah, yeah. but he was kind of dismissing um you know the the idea that someone should believe in one religion he was saying they're all like avenues for he's a perennialist what are you saying they're yeah. all saying he's saying they're avenues for ex- exploring culture and getting to know right. each other mm. but the point i was yeah. telling him was you know even that you know basketball coach he has an underlying philosophy about those things right, right. he can't escape that and i think what i'm trying to get at is that what, what you're basically saying i'm just being you know saying what you're saying yeah which is that everyone has a framework right and i think uh, muslims address a lot of they engage with a lot of challenges and problems and questions in the west 100%. but yeah. instead of addressing those questions up at the high level the branches of the tree we forget the roots which is how are we even viewing the world in the first place mm. and i think for you asan you can even attest to once you change that view of how you view the world yeah. and address the root of the tree the branch issues they they follow from the it just from opens up to you yeah. right? like and i think that's what yeah. a lot of people miss right. right but the question is like you have to have your own experiences to get that lens right which is the which is the problem because i think in i've encountered muslims from a very young age who have that lens or that ability to understand the world in that way right but the average everyday person i encounter um, and including myself at that time is that I never had that way to look at it presented to me. And I think that that's the biggest issue is that like you have this like lens that opens you up to the beauty of Islam and so it's not me trying to validate Islam if Islam is the truth, it's me trying to use Islam as the truth as my fundamental mm. understanding and being in the way I approach how I understand things and my like daily life. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was your question that we didn't answer again? Was it, uh, it was like you we you said you had your own uh answer for it but then we were like oh we'll have you answer no yeah so the the question was like what do you feel is the biggest issue or hmm. lack of understanding that that you experience in the like most average everyday muslim you encounter and like i said my my answer was um just remind everybody i was, I, I think um oh, sorry yeah go ahead oh sorry you had something no i was just saying that um uh my answer was that the having a relation like a true understanding of what my relationship with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I think that's huge. I, said, I think the first thing for me was understanding my relationship with Allah. Because my first introduction... In what, yeah, in one sense, I'm kind of curious. Understanding Allah and His attributes. Okay. I was... I think I mentioned it in the last podcast, how I never had the correct understanding of Allah, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And so I always had this very anthropomorphic understanding. So going back to khutbas, I mentioned how this person... how this this individual, right, that's given the khutbah, who's a person of knowledge. Yes. And he's saying something like, a thousand years before the Prophet, uh, a thousand years before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created creation, yeah. there's also this idea that th- when you're hearing the khutbah, 
you're the the imam is probably explaining Allah in a very humanistic form that Allah is angry or Allah is sad yeah. or, or at his creation and stuff like that so that always like confused me because like that's something I couldn't accept because it just didn't make sense right? I, I think there's another dimension to it mm-hmm. which I think I think that dimension is very real and it depends on the person how they're right, absolutely. you know what speaks to them or what they're what motivates or what you know what, which aspect what, like what the touches them right the what aspect touches them mm-hmm. but I think a huge aspect I'm just reflecting on is the socialization aspect, right? Mm. How do Muslims growing up, what do they see from other Muslims around them, right? Oh, what is Ooh, what yeah, is the state of the ummah, right? What is, like, I go to the mosque, who are these people around me? You know, are they uncles yelling at me? Are they, like, welcoming people? Are they beautiful people? Or are they looking, they're you know? just watching the news and they just yeah. see. Or, like, you know, is someone, like, even, I mean, I say beautiful people and I'm just thinking, like, do I mean just inwardly? Like, I mean outwardly, too. Like, is someone coming to the mosque, like, dressed nicely, are they presenting themselves beautifully or is it like you know where people just like roll out of bed and like mm, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know like, or like do they even like you know maybe they didn't even put deodorant on or something i'm not saying people do this um but like do people make an effort to beautify themselves like you know as muslims just for everyone around them it's important because like you mentioned there's an inward and outward dimension right like uh, either and a lot of my experience growing up i would see the outward you know like beauty right of like all right this is what i know what a muslim looks like and it, it, to me, it was beautiful. It was like, okay, I, I can see what like what my expectation was, my standard is, and what I think is like a great presentation to come to the hospital law, which is the masjid, right? But at the same time, now let's say you have that outward beauty in somebody, you don't see that in, inward beauty in them. Like the thing is, um, and this is this might be just my understanding of being a Muslim, but what I see is like people that are you know calm, gentle, like control their anger, are very like collecting like, the prophets. Yeah, exactly. It's like because the whole the whole thing about the prophet is it's that. Is like when I was talking about a relationship, is that you also have to understand that he is our example, mm. and here's the precedent that is going like, and person who sets your uh, way of how to live your life, how you present yourself, your manners, and your character, right? Right. And if you first of all don't know what the you know true nature of the Prophet so was, was in different realms, i.e., like how you you know deal with people when you're angry how you mm-hmm. do business with people right these all exist within our broader tradition right and the thing is like you said like or we were all talking about for uh you know a good a while was that all right people just think islam is like practice but here is also practice in other aspects of your life like i mean yeah like the miswak discussion was like one for instance but like again there is a like precedent on again how i do business with somebody how i uh, how I should treat my brother when he's sick, how I should, like, for instance, mm-hmm. visiting him, right? There is an all-encompassing, broader tradition that is directly from the Prophet so 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 I think one thing I took from the Shamail was that the Prophet wasalam, like, regardless of what inclination you are, whether you're, like, an artist or you're a activist or you're a person of solitude or whatever you yeah. are, right? Whatever personality type you are. Yeah. Um, the pro- like one of the miracles of the Prophet ﷺ was that regardless of what personality you, you are, you find the golden means of yourself by following in his footsteps. Yeah. There's actually a great quote from uh, Suhaib Webb in uh, his book, Lezu, It's Essential to the Islamic Faith, I think. Yeah, right, uh, Parents and Teen Edition. Highly recommend that book, by the way. Um, where he says that, uh, you know, worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like you said, is anything that is done for his sake. Oh, yeah. Nice. So yeah, like again, you can be a great artist, physician, teacher, mm-hmm. and as long as it's done within again the larger framework of the Islamic tradition, um, you're you know worshiping and you're like 
people again people think worship is such a like a ritualistic practice right mm. and don't get me wrong salah is incredibly important like it's right. probably the one of the most important things in our deen but at the same time you salah is different than yoga right Wait, what salah is different than yoga what 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 where has that ever been a discussion? I mean, it may, in the sense that like you know someone you know who's not muslim yeah. can be doing yoga they can perform all the salah movements right right right, right. But oh, i see your point now salah is more than the movements right right uh, yeah it's just you the act the action of like Sajood, like without the intention, right. doesn't really mean anything, right? Yeah. Because and then people not. are like, oh, like, the like, or the it's like, it's like uh, people are like, oh, you're grounding and like the physiology of like. Your to be fair though, I actually I kind of agree with that philosophy of like not not necessarily of like carpet or anything, right? Mm-hmm. But like like uh, of I think having your body contact earth is actually yeah. no. I've, I've, I'm not denying that at all. Like, there's so yeah, many yeah. things, but I feel like you're, you ever hear with, with Sajood Sharif talk about it? He's no. he's so into it. It's but like really my thing is I just I think it becomes. When that becomes like your justification for doing things, that's yeah. the issue. When it's like, oh, like this is why I was doing it all along. It's yeah, like, but I think that all goes back to you know what's the first hadith in Sahih Bukhari: all actions are judged uh, by their intentions in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I right. really paraphrase that one, but um, what was he gonna say? Like, if you do something for the sake of, let's say, oh, it's good for my health. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're gonna. Yeah. Like, that, that's I just think it introduces that for people, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. So, yeah. But again, it's like Islam has never been about practice. It's always been about like, yo, what's what's my, uh, I say yo, but it was, it's <laughs> well, it like, is about practice. Yeah, it, it, and, okay, that sorry, that that was not a correct way. It's it, it's not only just about practice. It's also about intention behind the practice. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah, I, I kind of. Said I think it's also important to know that you can't separate Islam, Iman, Islam. They all go together. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. a. It's so very much in a triangle right. kind of. Attached, like if you go all the way to one towards one end, it's gonna take you further away from the two, and that's yeah, kind of absolutely. the way I actually really think about it. I think you know the thing about Hadith Jibril, Jibril, sorry, um, is that it, it unlocks so much of like mm-hmm. what you know it means to be Muslim, mm-hmm. right? Like these are these are like such important things that we don't really delve deep into. Again, like I I, I was I, uh, and um, what was I, I was just the khutbah today, and honestly, I was so surprised because usually I have like again, it's like conversations about like oh. Um, what was going to say halal haram etc mm-hmm. etc do this do that the, I, I love this topic the imam was talking about the virtue of islamic brotherhood and sisterhood and having what is like a righteous friend right mm-hmm. and he was talking about how like um and i've seen this in my everyday was um where people become friends and then they go to another group mm-hmm. and then they just form these like little cliques and groups and whatnot mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh, erosion of like true friendship and brotherhood has been like really like uh, I'm sorry, it's been eroded away and kind of chipped away at, right? Like, I, I've seen great friendships, but I've also seen a lot of not-so-great friendships and, mm-hmm. like, people sort of having the idea, right? But he was talking about the, like, Islamic, like, lens of friendship, right? Which is which is great. Uh, he was talking about, like, I I don't want to be friends with someone cause, just because I see some benefit in being friends mm-hmm. with them, right? And, um, so, or it's like, it, and it's not like a... Earlier today. <laughs> yeah. Who? Me, you and I? Yeah. Yeah, but, oh, um, we did. Subhanallah. Yeah. But uh, just because it's not like mm. a lot of people treat friends, friendship uh, and brotherhood and sisterhood again as like a transactional relationship, right? Yeah. But he was talking about like, hey, I see this like beauty of character, beauty of like spirit, practice, whatever. And I see this person is on the deen, right? Like if you bring your, uh, you know, uh, friendship back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a difference. And he was, I really like the way he phrases he There's like a difference between friendship and ties of kinship right so, that's uh, and i think that's really what islam provides is that yeah. um true brotherhood and some of the best friends i, I mean i have great non-muslim friends don't get me wrong I, but at the same time i think a lot of true brotherhood really comes from 
you wanting to make each other like better people right and not in a way of like i think you're deficient and being sincere yeah i just I, like there i think we can all together just be better muslims and just better people overall by you know practicing the tradition. it's like uh, your connection to a family right right it's like that one degree different than like your friends yeah um and there's that love there that's you know because right. of your family and then there's that sense of you know someone's your muslim brother mm. you're, they're part of that family as well in a different sense yeah. right and there's just that love for them, which is kind of coming down to, like, again, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier as well, which is the idea that of, uh, you know, none of you have faith until they love for their brother um, what they love for themselves, yeah. right? And I was talking about how, you know, that idea, if you just think about and digest that idea, right? Mm-hmm. None of you have faith until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Like, that concept is so powerful, right? Like, just think back to, like, I was saying how the average Muslim probably, and all of us grew up, like, exposed to Islam. Yeah. which is like to be a good Muslim I do this this and this five pillars but you know it's such a powerful statement you have to you don't have faith until you love for your brother what you love for yourself right, right. Um, meaning like inculcating that love for someone for the sake of Allah that's a huge integral part of your faith yeah. right and that's not just going to come easily you know that's not something you can just turn on and be like oh yeah now I love for my brother what yeah. I love for myself right. it's like wow the implication of that statement it is that time there's a lot of it character work that has to be done yeah, to get to that point right yeah that's like, not, that's that's like you can't flip a switch for that, that 100 really and it's like you know so many things we do in life you just break down what you do is it inherently motivated for your own benefit right mm. like are you doing it for yourself really like you're helping someone out is it for your image is it for whatever expecting something in return why are you doing it right and that's like neg- negating that ego and just loving them you know for the sake of allah Right. And that being considered like such an inter- integral part of being like you know having true faith, right. Right. that's powerful stuff, you know. Yeah, my my question, uh, and I have this discussion with a lot of people because like the topic of friendship and just developing good relationships. First of all, um, I was actually looking at a study that they recently just did. Uh, not maybe not recently, but it was, it's just been brought up in the news again. Was that what like what causes regret in people's lives, right? And uh, the biggest thing is relationships. And, you know, people have careers, people cause, like, other things that they see as will, like, fulfill their happiness, right? But when you get towards, like, the end of life, right, um, again, this is in a study, um, the largest contributing factor towards, like, you know, depression and suicide even was lack of fulfilling and healthy relationships. Mm. Now, sort of going back to what Hamad was saying was that, you can kind of just like put it into context of your own life, right? Like if I'm expecting something in return from somebody, I'm always have that expectation of like what someone should do for me, right? It's not, it's never about the other person first. It's always like me first. And that mm-hmm. idea is selfishness. It's like, I mean, it's like, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame anybody for it, right? Because that's hard to like break. But, like, but if the Islamic paradigm is like, hey, I, I worry about the other person first, and like, let's say I'm going to pay for their meal or something, right? And if I expect that they're just going to pay for my meal and the, uh, the other time, did I really right. do anything? Yeah. It's more of like... Transaction. Yeah, it's just more of like, all right, bro, you got me this time, I got you next time. But it's like, I, I've never like felt that was like sincere because yeah. it's like there's that ex- sense of expectation. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I think uh, just tying back to, I guess we talked about different d- dimensions. Like for mm-hmm. me, I was talking about the biggest challenge for the average Muslim, right? Yeah. Somebody who's just Muslim, um, and like we all have our own journeys, like we talked about. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can t- we can touch more into like our journeys, I guess. But the idea that I think a big thing is a social thing, like even not just in the community, but also at home, like in the family, right? right. Someone, you know, maybe their parents teach them all these things, take them to Sunday school, Saturday school, 
and they have them learn XYZ, yeah. but then the parents themselves aren't living that example. Yeah. Mm. That's a huge because kids don't care what you say, you know. Right. They, they care like you have to walk the walk, walk the talk, right? But it's not living by example of necessarily just practice, right? right. Like it's practice like, meaning uh, practice like, as in like, like oh like pra- yeah, like five or pillars or yeah. worship. Like that's that's huge. Like yeah. if you first of all, if you don't pray, your kids aren't gonna pray. Like that, that's that's without that's without a doubt. And I mean, I'm not a parent, so I'm like that, not take necessarily that, take true, that with it. What I, in the sense of like if you want your children to pray, yeah, if you want not, your children to and you're pray, not the one that's praying, they're probably not gonna be. Yes, it's it's a probably statement, yeah. but like obviously it's not an absolute. But um, I was gonna say something after that um, was that uh, also living the again the character example, right? A lot of the people and we we're all from Daisy background, so we have like our own experiences like that might just be it from our cultural bias there. But um, a lot of people don't know how you should treat other people from the Islamic lens, right? Like it's like people from different cultural contexts like have different ways they interact with individuals but that's not necessarily the islamically correct way to right. uh, interact with individuals and first of all if your parents or not your parents but like if people's parents in general just it's fine it's just don't uh sorry but yeah we're, we're uh, if, if y'all could only see our setup right now, <laughs> but, but um <laughs> we're having a little bit of technical the things we do for you guys yeah right <laughs> but um no so but if, if you're if your parents or like so people's parents or kids' parents, whatever, um, don't have the fundamental understanding of how to, you know, treat people um, and have good character and manners from an Islamic context. Uh, well, how are you expecting, you know, uh, like the next generation of Muslims to really yeah. understand how to do that? I think I think that's key. Um, I think also just like you know something I've been thinking about uh, in terms of, you know, like what's what the Ummah needs in a sense is, well, obviously we need scholarship, right? But I think there's also something more accessible for the common person that I think basically just to sum it up I think if you go in a hierarchy there's like someone who studied to be a scholar right yeah. so that person is on top in their knowledge you know they're qualified ideally right and they're there uh, and then a step below or the other extreme is at the bottom is this the average person who identifies as Muslim right mm-hmm. and I think what we need is more people in the middle who are people fulfilling like the basic the proper basics of their Fardain so basically Fardain you know, meaning very basically your required things you have to do as a Muslim, as any ordinary Muslim, the required things he has to do, right? So someone who takes that seriously and properly does that and, you know, is not, is someone who's like a step under scholars, like maybe he's, a, maybe he's not even a student of knowledge, but he's someone who's trying to, in, very intentional about being a practicing Muslim mm-hmm. and he like tries to listen to scholars and accesses those ideas. I think those people, you know, constitute like the middle, right? Right. And I think, at least my vision is, I think um, I want to empower, or I want to be part of empowering the people at the bottom to go to that middle spot. Because that's where I started, right? And that's where you guys were. And I think we're slowly working our way towards that middle spot. And we're not not trying to be scholars. We're not claiming to be scholars at all. But I think that middle spot is where um, we can have a lot of impact. Because Mm -hmm. not everyone has to be like a pivotal person. There's like a celebrity shake who does all this stuff. But I think if a lot of the common people all around are just empowered with, um, you know, just like acknowledging or accessing the tradition, like we said, in a more holistic way. Mm-hmm. They become of that middle group, and then from there they can be, uh, you know, lights in their community that mm-hmm. spread to the common people yeah, at the bottom, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like the scholar, and then you have those growing sector of middle people who can, you know, relate to all the people and the common lady of Muslims, right? Right. And then, you know, I think it's it's not difficult for, well, I mean, you know. Right. I don't know, but I think more people, if they had the the chance, could uh, be fulfilled as part of that middle group where they are not scholars, right? 
but they're not complacent as well. They're trying to grow and better themselves. And I think they can share what they, you know, if, if, mm. if so many people all around, you know, you know the, the world do that, then I think that's how we strengthen our Oma in general because we develop a stronger foundation right. widespread. I don't know if that makes sense. But. You mentioned a point, and it's, it's kind of off topic, but you mentioned how if your parents aren't praying, then I mean, if, you, if you're not praying, then your children are probably not yeah, going to end yeah, up yeah. praying. Um, I, I, think I, list, I think I heard this from Dr. Shadi where he mentioned, like, if you care about the next generation, yeah. know that there's four types of people. And I think it's like a hadith of Omar radiallahu anhu. Yeah. In which he said that. Would it be a hadith then? It would sorry, be, uh, it like author. Well, no, hadith is technically still like a narration. Like it's a, you can use it as a colloquial word. Isn't it in Surah Taha like Musa, like his? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, he mentions there's four types of people, and don't be the fifth. So they're they're By the scholars. Way, yes, you're right. It is in Surah Taha. I was just thinking yeah. about it, but go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Hadith yeah, of Musa. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's <laughs> there's no, I, I guess there's the there's four that. types of people. Yeah, yeah. There's five types of people, and don't be the fifth, right? And it's the scholar, yeah. it's the students of the scholar, yes. it's the workers for the scholar, so basically the people that yeah. organize like the work, like the programs and whatnot. Yeah. And then the fourth is the lovers. Yeah, right? that's, that's yeah. the word. Or just the lovers. Yeah. And so the scholars say that if you're, um, if you're of one of these four categories, then it's a good sign that your children will be a step above you. Right. right? And so that kind of always stops me from like, if I'm gonna, that always stops me from doing something bad because I know that it's oh it might hit me back in the future when I have children. Yeah. And then let's say like your parents called you and you don't want to go, but then you're gonna be. I have that feeling that in the future there's gonna be a time where I'm gonna be calling my children and yeah. they're not gonna come. So right, right. I want to be for them so like my children's could be a step higher than me. Yeah. Because again, it's like living by example, right? Like right. if I didn't. And do starting this, that now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. That I, actually that that really got me to think about it. Yeah. Um. By the way, the like so you know how it's like necessarily in like that kind of order, right? Um. Being a mohed necessarily isn't like a like a bad thing, right? right. Like um, even though it's like I guess in that tier it would be like on the lower level, because like it, it, the thing is like my whole thing is like are you you know sharing an inward and outer beauty right. like when people interact and with so them. beautiful just the name like yeah, lover exactly, you're exactly. Lover. I think uh, the assumption is that the other categories also have that love yeah but they're also doing other these other right things. but uh, my, I think my point really with that is like a lot of people a lot of these people could be like. Again, I don't know this like narration. I'm just saying mm. like this. Yeah, my that is a, is an, I think it's Sabina. Yeah. Probably, a that's probably. Yeah. Why. Love that. Love that. I feel like all my knowledge yeah. comes from <laughs> Doctor Shadi and his group. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like you know we can say all of us like all three of us really benefit yeah. from podcasts. Like you know these podcasts geared towards the Muslim community. Yes. But I think also those podcasts, um, you know, they might not be accessible to right. like you know maybe an average person. Funny can't story. Really do it. So I was talking to um, I was about to, okay. But anyway, I was talking to Adnan, right? Yeah. And I was talking about like this lecture that I was listening to yeah. but every single time I was like um, I was listening to the second episode so whenever I talk to him I always mention like second episode third episode fourth episode <laughs> and stuff like that and he's like man you don't you never actually sat with a scholar like, <laughs> all your knowledge is from like the yeah. internet yeah. <laughs> so instead of me saying yeah. like oh the, this lecture yeah. I'll be like episode two like, yeah, yeah. I, th I think it's really important again just a disclaimer I think it's very important to sit with an actual no, scholar no absolutely oh, I, yeah, and I think a lot of people have like you know difficulty with that and especially you know in this age it's like very hard to find someone you trust and like is reliable and then yeah. people lose their faith in the institution of even scholarship mm. um, but I just want to re reiterate that you know that's still very important and I think yeah it's there's also someone out there for everybody like yeah. you know uh, people what happened? we're not changing this topic about marriage but <laughs> <laughs>
I, for, I forgot. I lost my train. There's, of there's someone out there for you. Like there, no, in place. terms of uh, you know scholarship, right? There's someone out there for everybody. Like Absolutely. if you if you're vi- like you're just not vibing with somebody or like the way this the presentation is for you of this of the tradition. There, it, there, you will find someone who. Not uh, to say you should be just looking for yeah, like don't, your, don't like to tailor your Islam to your, exactly. to your own like, ego, right? But, but at the same time, like uh, just with any like sort of like topic you learn, right? Like it's the presentation, it's just and the delivery just not might not be exactly. I, I, I think, I think a, a good way to like just understand qualification yeah. is to look at what other qualified people say about That's this funny. person, right? Do they say like, um, you know, do they say this is like. Do, are they are all of these quali- other quality people like denouncing this person yeah. and saying they're not representative? Well, they're a scholar, right? So peer review is a thing. Peer review, exactly. And it, it's like it, you just have to approach um, like deeper in depth aspects of Islamic scholarship the same way you would like actual scholarship. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's the same. Sort as of, if it's not actual scholarship. No, as in uh, <laughs> secular scholarship. Sorry, whoops, that, that was a ooh, that ooh. was a misnomer. Some subconscious. Right there. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> not, <laughs> I was listening to um, I was listening to a lecture by Hamza Yusuf. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. Yeah, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. Yeah, you're talking like he's your boy. Or no, no, no. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. So, anyway, so Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. Yeah. And he mentioned how the tradition is that you study. Um, he was talking specifically about like purification of the heart in Ihsan mm. and that finding a teacher. But I think it goes with what we're talking about in that um, teachers just come to you. Like, you just end up. It's not like you go look for someone. It's just Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes just puts people in your place if you're truly see, uh, like seeking mm. knowledge, you know what I mean? And that's, that's, how, I, that's how I felt with right. people, people just coming into my lives and helping me. Mm. I, don't know, I have a thought, but I can't remember it now. Nora really wants to talk about marriage. No, I, do, I do <laughs> want to talk about Yes, let's, let's talk about marriage from... What is it? It's all three single three people, single and then one dude who's like eighteen. <laughs> he's nineteen. To be oh, fair. Mashallah. <laughs> he's of age now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, actually, I guess kind of this is kind of a related point. Mm. Um, not necessarily about marriage, but um, uh, there's there something Imam Kamal said that uh, was really impactful. But I can't remember what it was. Ah. It would be helpful to know the impactful part. Yeah. Yes, the, the thank you. <laughs> I, I had no idea. But I wish I was there. Dude, you should listen to the recording, by the way. Uh, mm. Just like a side note. But, yeah. um, Did you share it with me? I didn't. I okay. sent it to you. Well, what were we talking about? I forgot. Marriage? No, no I'm married for that. You're talking about uh, enriching your lives. Just finding a teacher. like, yeah, And it's teacher. not even just like a person that considers himself a teacher. You just find a person that has the knowledge. Right. Just that one step that's that you're below them and then he's the one that I remember what I wanted to say now actually Um, so we were talking about podcasts as like a source of knowledge right Right, and subhanAllah they've been they're an incredibly beneficial source of knowledge right especially if you have like a teacher or like a group of people that has a podcast that you really really like it's a great source to learn from but um, it's also understanding like uh, understanding what kind of the purpose of the podcast is is it's like the knowledge is very important but for me honestly the reason why I enjoy these Islamic podcasts so much is that it's just I feel a part of the conversation. Right? Mm. That's really what we're trying to do. Here, it's like right? these people are out there. Right? Yeah. That's kind of also, again, if you talk about the podcast dimension of the whole Maruf project, right? Yeah. Like we talk about Maruf in the point, but also the podcast dimension is basically just like to normalize the tradition is not just uh, to like stay silent, I feel. It's to like let people know that, hey, like there are Muslims out there. Like whether you grew up and like addressing the social dimension, mm-hmm. whether you grew up not seeing this out there, yeah. there are people you know, there are young Muslims out there too, like you, who are normal people, who you know, have this, or you know, yeah, have come to a better understanding. With the tradition on, like and, a, a and, have, and have come to understand better understanding of their foundation, yeah. and can engage with the tradition, yeah. and can 
and you can access those conversations. But right? that social sphere point you brought up is huge because a lot, if you talk to a lot of people that might have a unfavorable view of religion, a lot of it comes back to um, social experiences. Experience. Yeah, exactly. They'll have like an experience, like a very, very negative experience. We talked about this last time, didn't we? Religious figure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a no. I'm just saying, like, like yeah. an important topic. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's huge, and that that's the whole thing. Is like, do you want? To realize that there's like oh just because I had this negative experience with somebody doesn't mean that every Muslim that is like yeah. practicing or concerned with their deen is like like that kind of figure you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I'm not trying to throw like you know all like you know Muslims like under the bus I'm not saying we all have like terrible character and all those things now and I, I also really hate that when people are like the state of the Ummah kind of thing and in the sense of like. Didn't like, we mention that? I feel like we mentioned that in this podcast, the state of the Ummah. And it was you yeah, that mentioned I, it. No, it, wasn't, it, was, it was not me. I, oh, I'm positive. Okay. I, I definitely don't say that. But no, it's like, uh, I, there. I think there is a lot of negatives. Like, And you can always, if you want to find the negatives, you can always point out the negatives, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, was, like, honestly, my experience with the Muslim community has been really good. And there's yeah, some absolutely. lovely, beautiful people inward and outward that just yeah. like, really make my, you know, just like faith in Islam so much better. And I, I think negative. when you speak to converts, you know, you really get a sense of, they're like shocked, right? They're like, they feel so gypped because like, they were fed this image of Muslims, and mm-hmm. really like, when you get to know Muslims, it's like, like wow, you know, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's like a completely different. And thing. I feel like once you get introduced to the, to the tradition, I I I had this conversation with Nora before this podcast, um, before we had this whole setup, and I was talking about how uh, how I met Sheikh Yahya Rodis mm. um, at. Um, yeah, <laughs> Sheikh Yahya wrote us at, um, there was this, uh, what was it? It was, um, what was the event? Grand it was Maulid. a Grand Maulid yeah. at the Bosnian Masjid, right? And I was just tying my shoes, right? And I didn't realize that Sheikh Yahya Rodas has come. And uh, he's walking with his group of people, and he just stops. And I'm still tying my shoes, right? And I'm wondering, like, why mm-hmm. did someone just stop, right? And he just stopped, I don't know, out of adab or something, right? That someone's tying his shoes, and he wants to give salam. So he was the one that gave the salam. I like stood up and I said Islam alaikum. <laughs> I mean he says Islam alaikum and I yeah. said Walaikum Islam. And he just had that feeling like that presence. That presence and that adab and that character of like I'm a no one, right? Yeah. And I'm just tying my shoes and he stopped just so he could give Islam to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um what I really like about that interaction is that like you could take the you know, tying the shoe in someone's like path as like a mistake, right? But I think it's so beautiful is that you can correct someone's like quote unquote mistake but still not make them feel bad about mm. it, right? Like, I think that's... Absolutely. That's so if anything, it was disrespectful yeah. on my part, like, my part <laughs> that I was, like, tying my shoe randomly. In the walkway or something. I was, like, it was... There was enough room for him yeah. to walk, but he, yeah. I feel... There was wrong on my part. Right, I but guess. that's just being polite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not like you did anything really wrong. Yeah. It's yeah. just, yeah. like, you know... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, like, looking back at it, it's not something I would do. Right. But, and it's from him, like, not being, like, oh, move or anything. He was just... He waited, said salam. He had a yeah. smile on his face and everything. Yeah. I think presence is key. Like you, you meet these people in your life mm-hmm. who, they have this like this uh, presence, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's powerful, and I think it's infectious too. Like people who are around that presence, it mm-hmm. rubs off on them. And I think that's why yeah. um, having good company and good friends is really like very important. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of tying back to the friendship and brotherhood conversation we were having, and sisterhood too. I'm not trying to <laughs> but. Um, uh, I love the quote so much is that you are who you surround yourself with. So, right. Like I think that because if, if if I know who your friends are, I think that's very telling of who you are, right? What is the hadith that you are the religion? Um, I don't want to butcher. I don't want to yeah, butcher. If you know the if you know the yeah. wording, sure. But yeah. I don't know if you know the wording. But uh, I, it still it still all goes back down to like the people in your life are impact you in ways that you, you might not even realize. Right. But 
Um, what was I going to say? So that's why I think it's just good company, especially uh, in my personal opinion, like good Muslim company can you know be like life changing, and right. especially with your interaction with the dean. Like some of the, some of the, again, most people that are like I personally find are practicing on the dean and what I believe is the haqqari. It just brings so much beauty into my life. And I think it goes back to like having that correct lens of the tradition because I never felt that that presence of people until I was introduced to tradition, right? Yeah. So like... All right, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. We have to define now what is the tradition, right? We mm-hmm. keep saying this entire episode, tradition, Islamic tradition. Wait, I thought I defined it though. Wait, wait, what wait. is the tradition? I mean, I feel like people will be like, oh, why aren't you just saying Islam? Like, what is the tradition? Mm. Do you want to talk about that? I, you, yeah, it was not. You were already, already on it. You might as well go for it. I'm not gonna. I don't want to. You exp- I think. How do you understand it as someone who came to this came mm-hmm. to this no, came to this word? I guess. Okay. Recently, in the past year, how would you understand? How did it change your view on? I what think you saw? the tradition means. And what it, what was it? How was it different than what you were? Actually, engaging it's a great with question. Oh, that's what a good question. No, and what were you engaging yeah. with with before? Yeah. And what are we what editing is, this? What is tradition now? Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Oh, I mentioned that. We're gonna keep that one. So. For me, I feel like understanding tradition is understanding Islam, Iman, and Ihsan in a holistic sense, right? And understanding that there's this whole... Wait, what happened? No, no. Oh, there was the water. Sorry. I thought you were like... No, no, keep going. I said something problematic. It's important to stay hydrated. (laughs) (laughs) And so this whole idea of like a sanad, that there's this tradition... Sanad meaning. Sanad meaning chain. I have to be the dictionary again. Okay, sorry. So sanad is a chain back to the Prophet and um, that's how like a chain of narration right like someone said this to to someone said this to someone and eventually that chain of transmission went back to the Mm -hmm. Prophet and this chain is not just like just for hadith these are people that sat with scholars that have that sat with scholars that sat with scholars going back to the Prophet so it it encompasses character and everything and to me that in-depth and well-organized system right absolutely and And so for me that's what the tradition is veracity like like impeccable Mm -hmm. so you're saying in the sense of kind of throughout time, back going back from now to the time of the Prophet Wasallam, right? There was a development and a culmination of like intellectual thought in these areas that developed in Islam, right? Different Islamic sciences, right? right. So a whole science and field of study and discussion and scholarly scholarly discourse around Islamic beliefs. Mm-hmm. Discourse around uh, you know, how to practice Islamic practice. Right. Yeah. Discourse around how to purify one's soul to you know to those inward realities of for example loving your brother yeah. you know for loving for your brother what you love for yourself um those are different like you know rich intellectual uh i think know, the key word there is sciences right right there is a discipline for so many for aspects everything. of yeah like of your and life even like and a prophetic and, biography yeah. and like you know like you said the shamayl like the prophetic mm-hmm. characteristics like yeah. like the scholars say the shamayl is you are studying the science of beauty yeah. yeah. Oh, really? I haven't heard that. That's yeah. beautiful. Um, so we're talking about basically tradition, right? So mm-hmm. we're kind of and so even bringing that basically. I to think like it goes back to Hadith Gabriel in the sense of mentioning time. Doctor Gilan, uh, Muhammad Gilan, he mentions how. Um, yeah, he has a great podcast, by the way, on SoundCloud. Like so, in his Aqidah Tahawiyah, he mentions yeah. how how you could understand the dimension of time, the day, the signs of the day of judgment, to be how to understand the other three dimensions in the time that you're living in now. And, and it's not like you reinventing a whole new understanding of how to understand those three dimensions, but it's going back to like the same asul, which is, you want to explain what asul means? Like, oh, we talked about it last time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, asul is like, I feel like it, to actually understand the word, 
it takes a little bit longer than just like a brief like oh this is what it is mm-hmm. yeah. but it's like your foundational principles right, right. right. like uh, you know Anand gave us an example of the taco right um, taco say you have a taco yeah during um, <laughs> yeah, Holocaust right? oh, but say you have a taco I guess we're gonna get into this now I don't mm-hmm. know how we got here but say you have a taco that your grandmother used to make right I'm sorry I can't take mm-hmm. this seriously your grandmother used to make this taco yeah. right and you've seen her make this taco once right I've seen her make the taco um and then, for example, she passes away, um, and then someone asks you to make the make the taco, right? So, and then you have two options. You can either use her recipe. For example, she has a recipe in her kitchen of the making the taco, but at the same time, you've seen her make the taco, mm. right? So when you make this taco for someone, what you're going to use? Are you going to follow her recipe to the T, or are you going to incorporate some of, like, what you saw her make, you know, from your own vision? I mix them both. So basically, there's different... You know, ways to engage with. Uh, I mean, this is like. A what would a Maliki do? This is a simplistic analogy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not qualified to speak on that, but this is a simplistic analogy, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea is that if someone just tells you, like, "Oh, how do you make this taco?" You would think there's an easy answer, right? But there's two different there's different approaches for how you can address this question, right? Right. So similarly, Usul was talking about your foundational principles, right? There's different approaches for how you can address, you know, what was the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? This is a different approaches. Someone can say, oh, you know, for making this taco, I should definitely just follow this recipe to the T. Someone can say, oh, no, like, maybe that recipe is outdated. You should be following what you, like, what you saw was the most recent thing. Follow exactly that. Um, and someone can say, oh, no, like, you know, that guy's, you know, we can't trust one guy's memory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's for that taco example. Now imagine it, that, like, broadened and that principle broadened that, you know, there are different principles for addressing, you know, like, we're all trying to get to, um, following the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? Um, and yeah, there's just different, you know, there's qualified people who make those judgments, like this is, you know, w- how we should approach it over this way, and mm-hmm. they have the reasonings for it. But at the end of the day, there's, you know, that's usul, right? The idea of foundational principles leading to your decision. Right. And there can be different, you know, qualified people having different interpretations of, you know, maybe someone prefers looking at the recipe for the talk when someone prefers going by the vision of mm-hmm. like having seen it both are very valid things right? right and then understanding that nobody's taco is better than the other right because we don't have access to the grandma who's gonna give us like the perfect taco mm-hmm. right it's like we're approximating that as best as we can right um and again it's not the average person doing this it's the people who are qualified who established these sciences who gave us that um you know Going back to the prophet. That so I, that's I don't know how Usul came up, but mm-hmm. just to give I that mentioned more, time. I mentioned time. Right. Just, now, just just to give it. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say just to, we talked about it last time just to give it a little bit more fleshed out uh, no, context no, here no, no. because I think it also helps with people who get confused about why don't we just go directly back to the Quran and Sunnah and follow exactly what the prophet saw some did. What's well, like you know or well, just the, open the like prophet Bukhari saw or Muslim. Right. Or just open like a Hadith book. Yeah. Like the prophet saw some is, like, is not is not just. You know his his way is not just encapsulated in Bukhari and Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. You have to understand that Bukhari and Muslim. W- you have to understand what they are, right? They're tools for scholars, um, you know, people who are qualified and have studied, right? And they're collections of hadith, right? Yeah. A huge thing about the hadith context. in particular, though, is uh, there is yeah, there's a context of like oh, the Prophet Sallallahu said this to a you know like a certain Sahabi, and given his specific context or the situation around them, that might not necessarily be the way you might interpret it directly just reading right. it from like, so the point is you know you uh, basically in this analogy we get this analogy up right you have that recipe you come along 1500 years later and you're trying to read that taco recipe 
and maybe you don't even know that language and you're trying to decipher it. Maybe you don't even know what a taco is, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you're like, oh, I'm going back to the recipe, right? But you don't know maybe the, like, the whole context of what's mm-hmm. going on, you know? At the same time, someone who has developed a scholarship and tradition since that time, you know, decoding and explaining and going through the science of... With time. Yeah, with, uh, of, of the taco, right? <laughs> Um, I hope you're getting the analogy. We're not just talking about tacos, yeah. but I mean, other than the fact that I'm really hungry now, <laughs> that contextualized like was still really well. Honestly, I just want. That's what our halakha was about. Yeah, that's, that's it wasn't g- my idea. That's a non yeah. I don't know where he got that, yeah. but yeah, that's a that fantastic analogy. Honestly, I'm surprised you remember. Yeah, no, it's great. Long. It's a great point because I think uh, so. If you think about it, right? Someone who's just like, oh, I want to go back to the, you know, the Quran, the Sunnah. Like, if everyone could just access, you know, exactly what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did, in every single sense, in every context, where it should be. Like there's no, there would be no difference of opinion on it, right? right? The fact that the things that there are difference of opinion on, there's a reason. It's not like it just came about because people wanted to have their own, mm-hmm. like you know, everyone's trying their best. Mm-hmm. No, everyone, these people are qualified and they're trying their best and, and giving those verdicts. Own. And we're not qualified, right? Mm-hmm. We're yeah. the ones who are supposed to be, you know, just de- just accepting what those people who laid the groundwork did. Yeah, this would mm-hmm. be a perfect lead into what like madahib are. <laughs> yeah, that can be for next time. That's a that's a such a broad what time broad are we topic. Getting? Uh. Been like an, an hour probably. Let me yeah, see. I, I mean, let's just we get can in go our, on. We can go let, on. No, let's just get in our final thoughts, and then okay. uh, what was he gonna say? Well, we well so what was the, what was the goal of this episode in your guys' mind? Um, oh wait, you guys want to give your own definition of what the tradition means? I already gave my. Definition. I think we gave. I mean, that like, we, my, we, my yeah, point we, was talking about the science yeah, of thing, yeah. and like. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah, tradition is kind of. I guess what we were saying is basically just like this more nuanced and like. Uh, I guess represented like this more like uh, how would you say it? Hmm. It's not as simpleton as yeah. some people might want to show. Right. Right. I don't want to say it's like, like intellectual, yeah. but it is like an intellectual. Like well, it's like I think a, it's more of the understanding that there is a nuanced aspect of how Islam a, a is broken into sciences with a large corpus of like um, scholarly work, um, but at the same time understanding how it plays into different aspects of your life mm-hmm. rather than just. Right practice in the sense of ritualistic but a practice in the sense of how am i supposed to conduct my life in all these facets and realms that exist i I think it's like there's like a whole breadth of ideas and um significant uh like intellectual thought and not just like in the intellectual sense but in terms of like sociological like um insights you know all uh, like insights in every dimension of human uh experience yes that can be accessed right someone wants intellectual fulfillment they can find it in this whole you know history that we have mm-hmm. you know right. preserved for us if someone wants like emotional fulfillment they can find that there if someone mm-hmm. wants social fulfillment they can right. find it you know mm-hmm. all of these dimensions right. of human experience can be kind of you know reflected upon and referred to you know, the, the yeah. thing is I think um, people always think when they come up with questions that no one's ever asked that question before yeah. or like you're like you're like I the felt first that. one yeah, yeah. Exactly. I felt, I felt that, yeah but at the same time like the the reason why this like you know, large body of scholarly work is that someone probably asked your question before, no, or someone has like has brought up a concern about like a certain topic, and they're not really sure how to understand and it. Like right? anything that has to do with like the attributes of Allah, or any like yeah. any like atheistic ex-Muslim question has yeah. been brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By our so scholars. my point is that like understanding that the tradition is vast and trying to interact with it is first under like acknowledging and recognizing that there is that source for you, because the because the thing is like again people. Are looking for uh, oftentimes nowadays they're looking for intellectual answers to these larger broader like deeply rooted faith questions right there is an answer or there is like 
some source you can access. And especially right. that's it's also best done through like a teacher or someone mm-hmm. who's knowledgeable. But like just the fact that acknowledging that all right, there might is probably an answer instead of just you know jumping to the conclusion mm-hmm. that there is no answer. So I think I'm thinking about the goal for t- for today, right? Yeah. Clearly conveying what the whole Magruf project is about. Yeah. Um, I think hopefully we address that. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to get to before we escape is uh, we talk about Asan's story, right? No, no, okay. <laughs> keep bringing that up. But Asan's story about we talked about how like you know my Bangladesh story, no, your Bangladesh story. You went from yeah. Bangladesh Asan to Kufi Etopi Asan. So yeah. basically, how basically you were like your freshman year of college really defined yeah, yeah. your experience and meeting those right people helped you. Um, I think we should touch a little bit on maybe before we go, just touch a little bit on our own personal journeys. I don't know if we'll ever you know necessarily flesh that out like later, but. Um, I can start if you don't. But basic, you want to go? No, go ahead. It's all you. Uh, so yeah, basically, like, uh, I think, like I said before, I alluded to, you know, grew up just like most other Muslims growing up. You know, confirmation bias, uh, social reinforced thing, which is not a bad thing. And I think yeah. Muslims should grow up that way because ultimately the Sharia, or like you know, ultimately, um, growing up as a Muslim in that in that sense, like with all like the the safety net of being Muslim mm-hmm. and like again like Sharia referring to how Allah wants you to live in this world um, I think that just protects you from a lot of the social harms that are out there right Absolutely. and I think that that's very important for especially when you're growing up and then uh, I think it's also important to be exposed gradually towards a more intellectual understanding mm-hmm. of Islam as you get older because that's ultimately what's going to keep fulfilling you mm-hmm. as you get older um, but I think I was at that stage where I get I was content being Muslim and I was like happy with that identity and all of that, but I think uh, there was a point where I was in a I was in a conversation with other Muslims, and then it came the idea came up that uh, like the Quran is uh, you know there are, like errors in the Quran like I was a bit you know like that you know certain hadith are wrong yeah. I was a bit like you know what I mean and like um, and like because X Y Z because like there's one instance of this someone was saying that this was wrong like this whole like you know like they basically for me in my mind were diminishing the value of the entire the, thing the friend that brought it up to you was he muslim or yeah okay and it was normalized in a conversation of other people mm. and i was like the odd one out where i was just in my mind like wait a minute this is like blasphemous you know yeah. if i acknowledge what they're saying just like it doesn't make like it doesn't make sense to me because i can't it has to be either way right either i you know I'm, I'm really am i either i'm in this or i'm out of this you yeah. know i can't be in between mm-hmm. because that doesn't make sense you know to me um so at that point, I kind of just got a little, like, you know, I pushed back a little and I was like, you know, I didn't, I realized I was trying to push back and then I was like, you know, I haven't, you know, I don't, I haven't like looked into this enough to know, mm-hmm. but like, and was, how old were I you still, at the time? I was what, probably like, maybe your age, like 19. Cool. Um, 19's a big year for everybody. <laughs> but I was like, no, you know, my year was 17. But I was like, uh, you know, like I, I was really emotional about it, right, but then I realized like my whole response was emotion right like I was confident that those emotions were justified but not because I lived and an, like had an answer to those things right you know what I mean no, so basically it pushed me like I was I was embarrassed it, yeah. I sincerely believed it but then I like went back and I was like embarrassed because I can't defend it yeah mm. and then I realized that my whole emotion and my whole identity was baseless really because right. I couldn't even defend the basics you know so how would you um, defend that question now if you could put in like a so I think it comes down to your framework, right? First of all, well, first of all, understanding and having the confidence of, well, again, we were talking about something specific then, right? Sure. Um, but instead of chasing like a root issue or a branch issue, yeah. 
having the frame under the framework of the roots of the tree. Okay. And I think so that's what I was lacking at that. How point. how could a person go about developing that foundation and that root to make it strong? Like what what would what would be some sources that you would personally recommend mm. to develop that? So I think here's the issue for just blanket an- answering the question. I think yeah. it depends on the person and where they are and yeah. like what they need, right? Okay. So I think everyone can benefit from different things. Like certain people I'd be like, "Oh, you know, you should take this class and like listen to this thing." But a lot of people are not going to just want to listen to class, download, put all that effort. Um, and I think the biggest thing like anyone can do is find a good example and role model and a good friend. That's huge. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest you know gateway. And for some people, like those classes and stuff works. And I'll be happy to recommend classes to those people yeah, or yeah. a book or something. Right. Yeah, how many people read? I mean. I know Asan reads, hey, but I li- I and, and Neural reads too. Yo, man, <laughs> I'm just saying you guys are not. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying the average person, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, yeah. I, I'm I blame Netflix. Like honestly, <laughs> people, because if you think about it, like people's time was mainly spent in terms of entertainment. Obviously, sports one thing, yeah. but like reading was a huge hobby for yeah. most people. Mm-hmm. And now, what did they fill it with? Like easy access to binge entertainment that mm-hmm. I can pretty much do mindlessly. Like yeah. I, like you can literally just chill and not do anything. So, uh, so just so just wrapping that up, basically, yeah. I was like, uh, I got to that point where, and this doesn't happen overnight, but I think there was a whole phase of transition where I was like, that moment sparked in me a kind of, I'm either in or I'm out, right? Yeah. I'm gonna like reflect on this, and like you know, like if if the, like if these things that were brought up, mm-hmm. like are real issues, uh, then like I then it doesn't make sense, right. you know. I can't just be in between and like be like, oh, I'm like half Muslim, you know. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of pushed me to be more practicing because I was like, oh, it just yeah. reaffirmed. And I, and you know, honestly, what happened to me was I ended up throwing out a lot of cultural understanding understandings I had, yeah. and adopting all like the you know replacing them with my understanding of the tradition. Yeah, right? the huge mm-hmm. thing is also understanding that certain things are cultural and not Islamic, right? And mm-hmm. figuring out what that actually, what which the distinction is. Can I add to what you said? Yeah, yeah. I think it's also important that to realize that you don't need to have answers to every single thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's there's a foundation yeah. that you can have. And let's can I read off a quote that I really like? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Sheikh um, Hamid bin Asiya, uh, Asi. He says if a verse or hadith does not bring you closer to God and his beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, rest assured that you have not understood it. Leave it, for that door has not been opened to you yet. Give your keys to the locksmith. Turn to God by invoking Him, and your proximity to to Him will allow that door to be open to you in time. Subhanallah. And I think a lot of people, like you know, someone skeptical listening to that, would say, "Oh, you're just justifying like things that don't make sense." Right. But I think like what I said is, it's not just th- it's not that it's, it's if because that's not we're not talking about the foundational things, mm-hmm. right? Once you get the foundational framework for how you approach the world yeah. through like a proper belief system, right. That's what you need. Your foundation is gonna like rely on. Right. There's so many millions of tertiary issues someone can bring to you, mm-hmm. but you know I can't be an expert in every single issue, mm-hmm. right? And I can't pretend to be. Yeah. But if the foundation, uh, if I'm secure and content in that, that's really what's relevant to me in my life and what really matters. And everything else is a is a product stems from that, right? Yeah, I think the whole thing is like validate your roots, and then the branches will you know sprout leaves by right. themselves. Right. And I think uh, so. If you just go and fast forward through my story, it's kind of like a period of after that moment getting really fervent in terms of like trying to figure out you know what does it mean to be like a a practicing muslim you know yeah and there's a lot of pitfalls that go along with that like who do i listen to who do i trust Mm -hmm. and i think i'm not qualified to even say like this is who you should listen to this who you should trust yeah but i can say you know these are the people who have benefited me in my experience and who i believe 
you know, it brought me closer to the tradition and authentic yeah. understanding. The whole thing is also but, it's a process. It's not like and I it, like it's, it's you're about, in hundred percent. The like baseline is sincerity, and yeah. the baseline is you have to be sincere in that connection to want to be a better Muslim. Yeah. And inshallah, Allah guides all of us towards mm-hmm. that. No, absolutely. But um, you know, that's just a learning process from there. But I think that's what kind of pushed me to be more adamant about my Muslim identity, which is that, that experience where I realized everything was kind of hinging upon a lot of emotion and not mm-hmm. necessarily you know, doing like you know, doing the the work on, on my end to really justify that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, obviously being around really great role models, really honestly, small, that's that really helped me from that. Um, how about you, Noel? How about me? What? Yeah, we gotta talk about what like, a great how, what, what what made you uh, become from this person who, like we said, for all these things, who was not connected to the Islamic tradition, to be connected to the Islamic tradition. You can push it. For, you push it every time. No man, that's a. It's a. It's a. Give long. us the brief. Give us the nah, brief. No, no, no. The brief. Come on. Nah, no, no. Okay, fine. So for next time, then we're gonna get to Nurul's story one day, inshallah. No, he's leaving. He's leaving it for us as a as a teaser. <laughs> but um, rest assured, alhamdulillah, he is connected to the Islamic tradition. Uh, inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah. So any closing thoughts? I think you really hit it on the nail, man. Like, but again, with everything is just building that foundational sincerity and belief mm. and also like just having an idea of what you actually believe and what you're talking about and then we, we're going to get into that probably mm. into like a later like a later podcast episode but just really again the role models was huge because the social sphere is very important and understanding that Mike's my uh, certain experience I, I've had with some individuals is not necessarily reflective of every Muslim or the entire tradition right. yeah. I think one thing that I got out of this podcast is it kind of made me remember not to chase after not to chase after those confirmation bias like answers and instead like build your foundation because you're going to keep on chasing those questions and you're going to keep on chasing like answers and um you you just side of the goal right Mm. and you just don't have that lens to because once you have that foundation all those answers and questions come in place Mm. you truly understand where to put those questions and I think uh, just to wrap up I want to just uh, also mention that uh, you know Project Motive I know it, it did start off technically as a medium article but uh, you know Humbla have been able to flesh it out a little bit as a website for um, different resources and you know things f- to help someone who wants to learn more about the Islamic tradition as we, so as we like to put it. For the website uh, so I mean the website is projectmaruf.com yep. so the Maruf is just uh, M-A-R-U-F um you know, project. Wait, isn't there like a hyphen? No. Hyphen? No. Project no. Maruf.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm um, yeah, well, <laughs> no, actually with the hyphen. That would just make it. No, yeah, that would, that would mess yeah. with my OCD. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then uh, there's also, you can also contact us at projectmaruf at gmail.com or uh, send us a message on Instagram at projectmaruf. Yeah. Um, but if you have any questions or uh, suggestions for topics or any feedback, things like that. Yeah. Um, and also, we're now on iTunes, which is like really weird to say because it's like you know it's we're an not Apple iTunes, podcast. it's Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, they changed it, right? Very different. Um, but yeah, if you uh, feel yeah, we really appreciate free. the feedback. It really helps us grow. Um, and you know, uh, and you can leave a five star review. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> Apparently, no, honestly, that helps. I don't know how much that helps. It, but. it does, but no, honestly, like we really appreciate sincere and honest feedback because we want to grow as individuals and as right. a podcast. And, and we want to be you know providing yeah. conversations that benefit. So yeah. if it does benefit, we'd like to hear that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but no, honestly, other than that, I mean, we just want to wrap this up. Yeah, all right. So, uh, inshallah, we'll catch you all next time. Yeah, jazakallah khair, everybody. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha 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 ilaha